New collab, Prague style tomate. This is a Birvana audio blog. Please forgive verbal stumbles and fumbles. And when you're done listening, consider a tasty pint from one of our partners, the Guinness Brewery of Dublin, Ireland, and Baltimore, Maryland, Freem Family Brewers of Hood River, Oregon, and Rubens Brews of Seattle, Washington. Their support makes this site possible. The most famous dark lager in Chechia is neither, if you defer to the brewery, a tamave, which means dark, or churne, black. Its heritage is so old, the brewery long predates lager's arrival in Bohemia. It's a bit hard to define oldest, but the brewery making this beer in downtown Prague has been doing so on the same site for 523 years, arguably the longest in Europe. So when they call their beer Flekovsky Lejak, the lager of Fleku, they've earned it. The brewery, Ufleku, makes just one beer, a creamy, dark lager, and it is easily the most iconic example of the style. Because Ufleku only serves their sole beer on draft in the pub, however, it isn't well known outside Bohemia. As Czech dark lagers make more and more an impact in American craft brewing, that existential lacuna is notable. Few breweries have attempted a beer like it. Well, now they have. Zoegelhaus's Alan Taylor and I long ago hatched a plan to collaborate on a beer inspired by Uflekus, and I'm happy to say we finally pulled it off. Perhaps instead of calling it a Flekovsky, <laughs> Prague style will suffice. We were joined in this endeavor, and on brew day, by Arya Gin's Ryan Zanke, though there's nothing ginny about this beer, and it went on tap on Wednesday. The original. Czech breweries designate their beers by gravity, so you will see a lot of degree signs floating around. Generally speaking, a figure of 12 or 13 degrees will produce a more robust beer than a pub strength 10 degree, but not always. In Ufleku's case, the hardier 13% base only produces a 6.4% beer, I'm sorry, 4.6% beer, and that's because a lot of the sugars are left behind to create such a rich, creamy beer. The magic trick is how it manages to finish with enough crispness, a combo of lagering and roasted malts, I suspect, to make it incredibly Moorish. You could drink it all night, and scabs of people do every day in Prague. The homage. The description of Ufleku became our brief, a 13-degree beer of modest strength with a velvety texture and a smooth finish. Ufleku has a sneaky amount of roast flavor swaddled in a Swedish beer with uh, little hints of red fruit and caramel, but finding the balance points in these elements would be the trick. As with my Freem collaboration, I was mainly there to describe the original. Alan had to translate that into a beer. Almost everything that makes Ufleku such a great beer comes from the malt selection and process, so we started there. He chose a 2 to 1 ratio of Czech floor malted dark malt, really a Munich, and floor malted Pilsner malt. He added a dash of Cara Bohemia, a caramel malt, and dehusk Carafa. Honestly, when we were brewing it, and yes, for once I was there for most of the brew day, we thought it might be a bit too dark and roasty. As we'll see, the fear was unwarranted. The process called for a single decoction, but a kind of interesting mass schedule. We started with a one minute rest at 100 degrees Fahrenheit, did a five minute rest at 122, raised it up to 156 at one degree Celsius per minute, let it rest just one minute uh, at 156 before pulling a decoction by sending 75% of the mash to the ladder ton, boiling the remaining mash for 15 minutes, and then pumping that into the ladder ton and mixing it with the rakes to homogenize as best as possible. Uh, we shot for 13 degrees Play-Doh and hit 
from there it was a pretty sub a standard it was a pretty standard check boil 15 bus of saws hops in a first word addition and another 18 bus of saws at the end allen unearthed a check east of unknown provenance but it was unusual even pitching at a cool 46 degrees fahrenheit it rocketed along dropping a bit more than a degree play-doh per day at the start and then dropping like a stone a few days in an old adage in check brewing holds that you allocate a day of fermentation for every point of gravity but ours finished out uh, in less than a week hey what are you going to do yeast cells have their own agenda final stats og 12.9 play-doh uh, finishing gravity 4.35 play-doh abv 4.6 ibu 28 not that you can detect them impressions as with the wiener lager you have to allow for collaborator bias I am perhaps not the most gimlet-eyed of observers. And yet, holy moly, what a tremendous beer. At their best, Czech lagers are unlike anything else in the world. By chance, or perhaps design, Zeugelhaus has its German-style Schwarzbier on tap right now. If you want to tell the difference in the traditions, get a half-pour of that and compare. It is lean and crisp, elegantly simple, with clean, distinct roast bitterness. The Prague-style lager? It's got all kinds of character, starting with that rich, creamy body, which also produces a head not unlike a pot de cream. I mean, you could float a quarter on it. The roast is assertive in the nose, along with hints of toffee, but like Ufleku's, the sweet body balanced it out. It is at once roasty but sweet. At mid-palate, you get to that lovely toffee, and the berry notes emerge as well. Alan described the malts as earthy, and that's also a big component, and a clear contrast to the clean malts of Schwarzbier. Diacetyl often plays a role in Czech beers, and I've had a brewer tell me he thinks a big part of Ufleku's character is a dab of diacetyl, that sweet butterscotchy flavor that can overwhelm a beer. Just enough to enhance the silkiness, but below standard taste threshold. I think Zeugelhaus's version has that quality too. We sniffed and tasted and examined and thought about it, and it seems like there's a bit there. Maybe? If so, it's a positive. The real test was always going to be the finish. Would that density ball up sweetly on the tongue and catch going down, or would it finish with a smooth, satisfying snap? It's the key to making a proper session beer versus a decadent one-pint treat. And, ah, the finish was there. Not dry exactly, but smooth and quenching. I was visiting at midday and promised to hold myself to one pint. I failed. I do have one data point that suggests this wasn't all me identifying with the creation I had a hand in making. I asked Alan what he'd do differently if it sells well enough to warrant a recurring batch. Even when the brewer nails a beer's first draft, they usually have ideas about how to tweak it here and there. I asked Alan what he would change, assuming he saw subtle issues he could tweak. Nope. Quote, I wouldn't change anything, actually, he said. It's the beer we both hope to make. You can find this beer pouring now at Zoigel House, and I highly recommend it. I have my own agenda, too. If it sells well, it will return. Help it sell well! It's a perfect winter beer, and it will warm your bones to settle in for a pint or three. Go give it a try.